0: welcome to the Gate World Podcast.
1: You are listening to episode number 117 of the Gate World Podcast. I'm Darren. And I'm David. And this is the show where two nerds talk about Stargate. We're getting ready for the last 10 episodes of Stargate Universe on Sci Fi Channel. The series, I should say, the mid season premiere is tonight, if we can get this up on Monday. Tonight at 10 o'clock, new night, new time, on Sci Fi Channel in the U.S., it airs Tuesday in Canada if you're watching Space. And Sky One in the UK has not announced their air date yet, so I guess we're not going to be same week as the UKers.
2: Did they? Oh, okay. I was going to ask, do they usually take this long to uh, to announce when the show is coming back? But I guess if it was coming back this week, they would have said so by now.
1: Yeah, they they seem to work five or six weeks out. I went and looked this last week at the the schedule for for Sky One. And they had schedule information up through early April uh, and no sign of a Still giga. nothing. Yeah. And I kind of wonder if it's because Sci-Fi Channel decided to bump up the the premiere from when they usually would have done it in April. And space followed suit and Sky One just doesn't care. They're going to do it when they do it. Mm-hmm. But David, how are you doing this week?
2: I'm okay. I'm okay. It's new
1: and exciting? I haven't. I, I don't get to talk to you much other than actually on podcast night anymore.
2: Yeah, work is work is very busy. The second Stargate Live auction is what we're gearing up for right now. It's going mm-hmm. to be on March the nineteenth. Just weeks away, right? Coming and up to days away. Up up to days away. Yeah, you can uh, see all the information at StargateArtifacts.com and the uh, the live auction will be at Live Dot com. You can search for PropWorks, P-R-O-P-W-O-R-X. Um, it's 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 kind of a live auction, but it's kind of not in that uh, there's going to be a party planned at a restaurant. Uh, we're all meeting together. Anyone who's mm-hmm. uh, There's a few people coming down to all get together at the restaurant, but we're not going to have an auctioneer. It's all going to be done online, so the folks at the oh, restaurant wow. who are interested in bidding are going to have to have their laptops. The restaurant has Wi-Fi, and I'm actually getting ready to, to write a new story for GateWorld on that fairly soon. So it has all of the details. it um, be fun. Yeah. it sounds
1: different. And is this in the in the L.A. area then? Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna not be going to be in back the L.A. Up to area. Seattle?
2: Right, exactly. We're not, we're not going to do that. You can actually see the catalog. It's online now and available for purchase. Again, that's at StargateArtifacts.com. It's about 430-some-odd lots. There's some pretty spectacular stuff in this thing. The, uh, the SGC logo is for sale. The star map they, from the, the control room is the, for sale. Yep. We have a furling. For sale, one of the animatronic animatronic <laughs> furlings from two hundred. We have we have the six wheeled MALP that costs uh, that was the price tag of a BMW in the late nineties when they built it. That's for sale and, and, it, and it works.
1: Oh, wait, they had animatronic furlings from two hundred. His ears moved. Oh, the ears. Okay, but it was actually it was like uh, there was an actor worn there, by yeah. an actor. Yeah. Okay. We have another so not Asgard. A nope.
2: No, no, not full body animatronic. We have another animatronic Asgard for sale. A double-ended staff weapon prototype, which I'm particularly excited about. That was that was Sweet. never seen on screen. The the model department designed it as kind of like a what if.
1: Yeah, I watched your little video preview that you did for Stargate. Oh, you RFX. did. Okay. Yeah, it's a cool little piece.
2: And uh, more more Stargate segments from Atlantis, and we're selling off the SGC Stargate in uh, nine sections. Wow. Um, we couldn't take the frame because it was it was impossible to do that. So they cut it up and destroyed that. But all the exterior pieces of the gate, all the nine sections, including all of the glyphs, are the first nine lots.
1: A little bit more Stargate news before we jump into this week's main discussion topic, which is uh, Destiny's cosmic mission. We're not sure what's going on yet with the future of of Stargate Universe. We know that Brad and MGM are in discussions. Brad Wright, the executive producer and one of the co-creators of the show, wants to finish the story in some way, shape, or form. And really, all that we have to go on is is Joe Malazzi's blog. He occasionally gives little updates to readers on on where things are going. And it's it's you know it's the entertainment business. It's mm-hmm. it's three steps forward, two steps back, and it's kind of a slow process. And then and then as soon as all the papers are signed, then all of a sudden it's rush, rush, rush. Let's do this as fast as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So the, the last thing that we've heard is there's not going to be a season three. We're not looking at moving to another network or or doing a special online season or anything like that. But it sounds like they're hoping to do a movie or maybe even a series of movies. And what I really wonder is is so much talk about why we haven't uh, been able to get Stargate Extinction and Stargate Revolution, the uh, Atlantis and SG-1 movies, was because the bottom fell out of the home home entertainment market. And so I kind of wonder, this is just me speculating, if maybe what's going on is... They're looking at all the different revenue streams that they get from DVDs, Blu-ray, iTunes, Netflix, all the online stuff as well, international distribution, um, sticking mm-hmm. it up on Sci-Fi Channel, and crunching all those numbers and seeing what kind of a budget they could give that movie. So I hope it happens.
2: I do, too. I think this story needs some kind of a conclusion. You know, I felt very similar about uh, about the Ori story. You know, a lot of people didn't care for it, but I was very interested in Arc of Truth. I'm a little dismayed when a quarter of it was, or more, was given to the replicators. But replicators, um, yeah. But I really need to see this story come to some kind of a conclusion. And I'm I'm frustrated, of course, that, you know, three seasons of the show will never get played out, uh, mm-hmm. that they were planning on executing. So everything will be compressed. Yeah. Uh, well, and I'm hoping that it won't be like the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe taken from book form into a feature film. It just was terrible.
1: Well they're um they're obviously asking some big questions and and we're going to talk about this uh mission that destiny is on why the ancients launched it Mm. and i hope at at the very least we can get the big questions answered even if we don't get sort of the full story they wanted five years to do it obviously Mm. we're not going to get that but i hope we get some of the big answers also in the news this week uh, if you're a fan of amanda tapping Sanctuary is coming back with the second half of its third season, starting on April 15th. And, hey, Joe Flanagan fans, uh, he's got a Sci-Fi Channel movie, Ferocious Planet. That has an air date now. It's going to air on Saturday, April 9th on Sci-Fi.
2: Is this the one with the alternate Dimension thing with John Rhys-Davies making yeah, a small appearance? Yeah, John
1: Rhys-Davies, yeah. It's, hmm. uh, there's a trailer up on GateWorld now that you can see, and it looks like they showed in the trailer. John Rhys-Davies getting clocked by the big yeah. dinosaur.
2: Yeah, he's done. You know, I gotta say that, that the opening premise was really, really cool with with having an alternate you know, dimension and then and then, you know, going to this other planet and then when the monster entered they lost me. They always managed to do that. <laughs> yeah. There's it's so sort of... much fascinating cerebral psychological sci fi that could be tapped and it seems like
1: yeah, always good, just like, go with the monster. outer limits style. Yeah,
2: exactly. Try it. You know, I, I would, I would be happy to tune into that.
1: Well, part of it feels like a a, a big sliders movie with John Reese Davies in there. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, Joe is running around the woods with a gun, acting like Joe, and it's it's kind of feels like Shepard is is back.
2: Yeah, it's almost like he's channeling Shepard.
1: Yeah. Well, that's on April ninth, and Sanctuary's back on April fifteenth. Are you ready to talk about some SGU?
2: Let's get back into it. Let's do it. The main
1: discussion. Main discussion topic once again is Destiny's cosmic mission. And I've been wanting to do this one since back in January, as as many of our listeners can no doubt attest. We talked about doing it, and then we sort of didn't do it. Kind of shelved uh,
2: it because of the news.
1: Yeah, it kind of melded into our science discussion uh, with Diane Turncheck about this cosmic background radiation that Rush has revealed to us in episode 7 of this season, The Greater Good, there's a signal. There's there's something uh, in... Now I really wish Diane was here to explain this. There's uh, there's radiation left over in the universe from the Big Bang, and Rush says that our technology can't detect this uh, sort of pattern in the chaos. But, or but decipher the, it. Yeah, the ancient technology that, that Destiny has, uh, the ancients figured out that there's some sort of a fingerprint. There is some sort of order where there should not be any order, Mm -hmm. uh, which may indicate some sort of intelligence that predates the Big Bang. Mm -hmm. And this was why they launched Destiny many, many, many millions of years ago. To
2: find it and to identify it. Now, russia has got this belief that it may have something to do with the ability to change things. We've speculated that he may be wanting to get his wife back. Mm. Uh, they certainly appear to uh, have some interest in keeping her in the loop with uh, Gloria's appearances this year. Really? So I think that that's that's definitely a possibility. They are they are keenly interested in uh, us keeping Gloria in uh, in our minds while Russia's story develops uh, through whatever this intelligence is on the bridge. And hopefully, we should that's get an point. answer to that in the second half of this season.
1: It's like we're supposed to uh, remember that, that Gloria's around. We saw him uh, looking at her photograph back in Air Part 1, mm-hmm. uh, the series premiere. Uh, we saw the backstory with her dying of cancer in mm-hmm. Human. And it's, it's yeah, she's seeing visions of her all through this season so far. It's, it's as if the writers want to remind us that she is a big part of why he's doing what he's doing.
2: Right. Not necessarily around, per se, but certainly a part of his thoughts. There are some deep wounds there that have to inform that character to one degree or another. All of us uh, have, uh, or pretty much everyone, has has suffered loss from one degree to uh, another. I am very fortunate that I have not lost anyone particularly close to me in my life yet. But I can imagine that that would uh, certainly push people to, um, to do some very very uh, unusual things if they learned that there was some way to change history. And that's one of the cool things about time travel, you know, that that that's talked about. What would you do if you went in the past? And a lot of people say, I would I would want to see my loved ones again.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Who knows what Rush has in mind?
1: It's an interesting idea that maybe one of Rush's motivations maybe his prime motivation is the idea that he could actually change what's happened how would that work out how does that connect to cosmic background mm-hmm. radiation do you mm-hmm. think
2: and it, correct, refresh my memory she wasn't hit by a bus I mean, it wasn't something that it, that he could go back and change but wasn't is it something that uh, like like uh, Malachi's wife it was like a congenital uh, a heart weakness that there was nothing that he could do to change it um, I, think,
1: I think so. I think it was the big C. I think that she oh, died of cancer, cancer okay. and he was sort of consumed in his work as right. she dealt with this over the course of two years, which eventually led to her death.
2: Well, that's something uh, that he could, if he could change history or, or change fate, that's something that yeah. he could go back further to have her detect sooner.
1: I, yeah, I maybe make it more treatable. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he just wants to be there for her, where uh, mm-hmm. he wasn't, which we saw in Human. Maybe he thinks that if there is an intelligence at the creation of the universe, he
2: could petition it.
1: <laughs> I mean, hey, if there's something out there, someone, uh, an advanced species, or God, or whatever, that has the ability to create a universe, mm. you know, maybe it has the ability to bring his wife back.
2: Mm-hmm. I keep on, I keep on seeing Rush and and Young. And some kind of Frodo Gollum scene at the very end of this series, you know those those two forces
1: in Mount Doom,
2: yeah, exactly, those two forces uh uh one preventing one trying to prevent the other from having total control of everything in existence, and the other one desperately trying to uh attain this power that he's always desired, so we know that rush yeah.
1: and it would be really interesting if if there was actually some sort of source of power like that. That really could sort of rewrite the universe Mm -hmm. because up until this point we've sort of suspected that that destiny had some significance like that you know the the power to control fate or or whatever the prophecies that we've heard has been but really what we've learned about destiny at least so far is it's it's sort of a train that's looking for that power there's nothing special about destiny other than it's it's on the mission to find this whatever it is that's really significant Mm -hmm. so we don't have that that ring
2: of power yet right and it's unclear as to how much destiny uh, has of the pieces of this puzzle i'm thinking that it's go as it's going further out into the universe it's basically going further back in time to the age of the universe and it's kind Mm -hmm. of collecting data as it goes that's what i'm thinking at least and what you've Mm -hmm. seen is in terms of that cosmic background radiation or whatever that picture is of that swirling blue liquidy mass is the data that it's managed to collect so far from its travels. As it goes further, it's gaining more information. And, but then you know, we go. We, it goes back to that problem of that we've been discussing. Well, the ancients were supposed to visit this ship a long time ago. Why isn't it parked mm-hmm. at wherever it's meant to be parked?
1: And then yeah, you know, if it has a specific destination, mm-hmm. did we really just gate onto this ship? you know 15 months before it got there.
2: Mhm. Mhm. Exactly. It's a little it's a little odd. I mean, and if if the ship was making one very very large circle waiting for us to arrive, wouldn't there be evidence of it in the log because they have a log of the ship's travel. So, hmm. and from that, should be able to extrapolate just how far away they are. You know, we we can assume that it's probably billions to to the order of hundreds of billions of light years. Yeah. And who knows, maybe the universe has been gradually expanding outward as time has passed and it's continuing to travel.
1: I'm thinking about this notion that the ship is gathering data, that it has has all this memory storage capacity, and and uh, apparently we don't need a, an ancient scientist who's an expert in this, but mm. uh, the ship needs to have an AI mm-hmm. to be able to work its way through this data and not just store it. I wonder if the end result of this is going to be the computer system just sort of finishes and flashes red and is done you know calculating the meaning of life of the universe and everything mhm or
2: maybe the ship has been gaining sentience as it travels and has been slowly becoming more of an intelligent creature
1: maybe destiny's been evolving over uh-huh. all this time
2: maybe, maybe it, it maybe the, the ship itself is not just a long. container right exactly maybe maybe it has um hmm. maybe maybe it is critical to the mission itself, in terms of its intelligence, when it finally reaches wherever it's going, it will be ready and just needs whatever a human component or whatever. Uh, the hmm. ship was meant to carry a crew; they're not just and, and they're not just supposed to be there to sit on the observation deck and just watch her do whatever she's supposed to do. Yeah, um, they have to uh, be involved somehow. I just, I just, I hope that it's a very important. Uh, mission it's important to the to the entire ongoing nature of the universe but if that was the case you think the ancients would have left a note <laughs> <laughs> our descendants when you reach this stage of development get your asses out there you yeah. are needed
1: exactly i mean why ascend your, your all the survivors of your species when this is i mean if this is of that great importance then you know the ascended ancients should be should be aware of it should care
2: but if it's not on their well i mean we have heard Oma the sala talk you know it's your level of existence is so insignificant compared to the rest of the cosmos if if whatever is happening is is only limited to our level of existence and will not affect yeah. them they might just yeah. not care you know they're yeah, they're very much affect- like let let humanity let nature take its course fine you know
1: well i sort of wonder what is the this source that uh, we're we're making our way to or trying to discover. I mean, if we're talking about a super advanced race, it sort of I mean, a a species that stands outside of the universe Mm -hmm. sort of flies in the face of of our own understanding of what the universe is. The universe is everything. So uh, an existing race that stands outside of it. I mean, we could make sense of that maybe with time travel. Maybe somebody's gone back, back, back to the beginning of things. Uh, after mm-hmm. having evolved and sort of played a part in the genesis of the mm-hmm. universe, and so you know created this this circle, this yeah self fulfilling prophecy sort of thing.
2: And on that note, real quick, I'm really hoping that we don't get to the edge of the universe and find Rush standing there. You know, <laughs> that that would be kind of
1: uh, yeah normal. But go ahead. Oh, I I remembered what I was going to say was um, you brought up this thing of uh, the the human component and i really like that idea that you know the ship not only has to have a crew but it has to have it has to have someone who is passionate about this mission who is willing to sacrifice himself or herself that image of of captain decker walking into i was about to
2: say you're talking machine, about V'ger, aren't you <laughs> into veger
1: yeah we've talk, we we talked about this uh, on a previous show um, it's such a powerful image of a human A a human being... Joining a computer. Yeah, not necessarily a computer, but, um, you know, that self-sacrifice of there is something higher Mm -hmm. in the universe. Uh, And and he doesn't just do it to save planet Earth or to save the galaxy, or in this case, maybe all the galaxies. Um, You know, he steps into that light uh, because, you know, at the end of the day, it's his destiny.
2: Yeah, and a new new being is born is apparently born in the process mm-hmm. so and transcends our existence and becomes
1: something more. I love that theory. Well, and you know, it's it's got to be something that our people care about, right? I mean, Rush clearly cares about it. And the last couple of episodes that we saw, the, the crew's sort of coming around. But mm-hmm. hey, if we can find a battery that's big enough that we can park the Destiny next to and plug it in, and send everybody home through the Stargate. I think everybody at this point is still going home, except for yeah. Rush. Yeah. So whatever it is that that we get by discovering the source of the the fingerprint, it, it's got to be significant enough. And I think we have to we have to have a little bit more information for the crew uh, if they're actually going to want to stay on board and accomplish this thing.
2: Yeah, and they have to get it independently of Rush, so that you know. There's not this other, another situation where they're, oh, there's an type planet about a year ahead. You know, mm. Someone <laughs> finds out independently of Rush that, oh, mm. okay, if we don't do this, we're, we're not going to have a home to go back to one day.
1: Um, yeah, and you know, we know that all the T's are not going to be crossed by the end of season two, and all the I's yeah. are not going to be dotted, but in these upcoming 10 episodes, that's one thing that I would really love to see, is uh, let's learn a little bit more, just enough so that we maybe maybe even have the opportunity to go home and uh you know maybe some of the background extras decide to do go home but the crew makes a decision actually because they know that this is significant enough that they have to see it through to save the universe or whatever uh, that they actually have the chance to go home and decide to stay i'd love to see that before the season is over
2: i suspect Uh, There's no guarantees, obviously. I may be talking out my butt, but I suspect (laughs) that that's what the second half of this year is going to be about.
1: I hope so, yeah.
2: I mean, some of the things that were were mentioned in the teaser suggest that.
1: I watched the Space teaser, and I watched the much inferior Sci-Fi Channel teaser, um, Mm. I think once or twice.
2: I saw whichever one you posted on the site.
1: Well, maybe we should talk about the teaser for a minute. Sci-Fi Channel has sort of been horking off a lot of SGU fans by advertising the final episodes as sort of a conclusion to the story. Yeah, right? it's you know, every suggesting a conclusion. Has, uh, has an end, or however yeah. they're pitching it. And it, the implication seems to be hey, the writers came up with this uh, big, huge, expansive story arc that they've been telling really, really slowly. But guess what? In 10 episodes, everything's going to end. end. And we're yeah. not going to see the end. No. Not on Sci Fi Channel.
2: But how can you. If you're in their position and you canceled the show, how are you going to bill it? Yeah. You're not going to say, you know, well, this is uh the last of it. Um and, you know, we're not the story will not be finished. You're not going to see a marquee come off the, across the screen, the unfinished story. <laughs> you know, it's they can't they can't do that. They're they're advertisers, you know. Their 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 purpose is to make us see this and say yeah. that we are unfulfilled without experiencing it. I mean that's what that's what marketing is. Unfortunately, and it's it's a terrible way to do business. But
1: well, they want us to watch it and we should watch it. They want us watch to watch it. There there's, there's got to be a way to say, you know, these are the final 10 episodes, don't miss them without implying this is the conclusion of the story. Exactly. Because I think and this is the great failure the of Sci-Fi's decision to cancel the show is they, you know, they bought a couple years and uh, I think that the not renewing the show for a third season basically signals Sci-Fi Channel's throwing up their hands and saying, "Okay, this whole thing was a bad idea," and this they are basically declaring the show to be a failure.
2: Mm-hmm. And with without um, giving them ten more episodes for a third season just to finish things off, they're basically yeah, saying we don't care how this ends.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's the problem of being a, a fan of of television in in any genre sci-fi is in particular. Sci-fi in particular. Uh, I mean, arc-based shows in particular is the network does everything that they possibly can to get you invested. To get you invested in the story and in the characters. And you know at the end of the day it's a business for them and they don't really care. Uh, I mean that's a really callous thing to say. But their well, first priority – How about that? Let's put it this way. Their first priority is not to the story. It's not – right paying off the investment that they've convinced fans to make. What are your hopes then for the rest of the season? We've got ten more episodes. Uh, there's some cool-sounding episodes coming up. No spoilers here, but um, we can say that a couple of Atlantis cast members are going to come come back and guest star. Not come mm-hmm. back. Uh, are going to put in an appearance. We're we're uh, obviously wrapping up the, the cliffhanger in the next episode, right? Uh, which is which is titled Deliverance. Episode eleven what are you what are you hoping for other than what we've talked about so far
2: other than what we've talked about so far? I'm not sure i mean there's uh the realistic hope and then there's unrealistic hope I'm, <laughs> i I'm hoping to that we get a greater understanding of what the ship's mission is. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that we figure out uh what uh, alien forces at work, as indicated by the episode's Faith and visitation mm-hmm. I would like to uh uh, have a, a firm understanding of what that intelligence is that uh, is interacting with the rush on the bridge, in the form of Gloria and Franklin, or if um, it's
1: just his uh, broken psyche.
2: Uh, either way, one way or the other, having a, a, a firm understanding of what that is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's an important question to answer.
2: We're not. We're not going to know yeah. what uh, what the the outcome of this mission is. We're not going to know that. We may know for once and for all what the mission is, but I doubt it yeah you know, the 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 rate that they were planning this show, you know, I would have assumed we wouldn't know what the mission was in terms of like concrete until sometime in season three or maybe even season
1: four. I mean some of the other character arcs I think um like Chloe's transformation, yeah, that should bar, be revealed that seems to be sort of maybe a season two story arc that hopefully is gonna is gonna sort of pay off and be finished, yeah one way or the other,
2: yeah either with her death or her transformation or her coming back to what to what she is originally with a greater knowledge or the blue aliens. I hope they finish off the blue aliens. I hope they weren't playing on having them tail us throughout the show. I hope that they make another appearance.
1: Yeah, it would be weird if they didn't.
2: Very strange considering she is basically they've been basically been playing her as their trojan horse.
1: They're really obvious trojan horse. Yeah, they're really obvious trojan horse before our eyes. I would be interested, maybe, if those blue aliens turned out to be a little bit more benevolent. I mean, they seem really mean and hostile, but uh, maybe they know what destiny is and what it's after, and are not just sort of leeches going for her technology. Uh, but they
2: see us more as interfering with her mission than not. Yeah, that's possible. Well, you know, one of the things that they've that they've tried to do with this show is make communication a real barrier. That's true. And I, yeah. I hope that. Intent. I I I agree that that I I hope that um, failure to communicate intent certainly plays a part in this. Like yeah, we were shooting at you. Yeah, we did capture one of you. Yeah, we are transforming her, but you know <laughs> you guys weren't getting it, and so we're transforming her to 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 help Destiny's mission along. Mm. Uh, that would be really cool. Yeah. A great reversal.
1: Yeah, great reversal. I would love to be surprised a few more times before wouldn't the show that be nice <laughs> once again if we can get this podcast whipped around as quickly as possible and up on Monday Stargate Universe returns to the Sci-Fi Channel tonight on Monday March 7th it's uh, moved from Tuesday to Monday and it's moved to 10pm following a brand new episode of Being Human and this is this is going to be good Deliverance is going to pick up where, where uh, Resurgence left off last November and we've got 10 more hours you know you and I have been watching Stargate Mm -hmm. since 1997 ish for the foreseeable future uh, until we hear otherwise from MGM you know let's enjoy these 10 episodes while they're here
2: it's it's you know when Star Trek Enterprise went off the air it was strange not to have a new Star Trek on because it had been running since I was 3 3 or 4 and now Stargate is kind of following it and it's very strange It's just just now beginning to hit me. I've kind of been in la-la land, ignoring it. (laughs) we have been busy with work. Exactly, yeah. I'm not laying at home dwelling on it, (laughs) as much as I'd like to be laying at home. But yeah.
1: Yeah, well, as much as uh, many of us are sort of upset with Sci-Fi Channel, I hope that that everybody listening just sort of, you know, we've been Stargate fans for a long time, and uh, just, you know, Take a deep breath and sit back and enjoy these. And I well, we think have,
2: Tara has an interesting opening uh, comment to make in our listener mail bag. Uh, yeah, like let's hear get. What in, she says,
1: "Let's get into the listener mail." Listener mail.
0: Yes, this is Tara calling from New York, and I just wanted to put my input in as far as the cancellation of SGU. Uh, I think huge mistake and that sci-fi should really try to keep in mind that though certain audiences might be smaller, they are bound and determined and ravenous for new episodes and continued storylines, uh, and it would be a mistake to ignore the, uh, the small-yet-cult status that Stargate has achieved and to not have any new Stargate. That's just ridiculous. Plus... I'm on my way to Hollywood to become a sci-fi actor, and I need to be on it. Hello?
3: Hey, Darren and Dave. This is uh, John from D.C. I'm calling uh, ahead the most recent podcast, and um, one thing that one of the callings mentioned was comparing Stargate to Halo, and while the the similar with the Humans Against Aliens, I don't think though. uh it's a very good comparison, but one thing that the Halo franchise does well that Stargate may, uh, MGA may want to do for Stargate is that Microsoft, that owns the Halo brand, they have a studio that's strictly used to control how that brand is used. Everything Halo is is canon, there's no question. It's, you know, so um aside from the anime, well, some of the Visual looks are interpretations, so they're not exact. Everything as far as actions, events are canon. And uh, that might be something that Stargate needs, not just for the story, but as a brand with, you know, the MMO uh, dying and, you know, just it's not successful as much outside of TV. I know there's novels and stuff, but, you know, the... I don't think that they are, you know, gather as much steam or as much attention as the TV series have done, and I think something like that to control the brand and make sure that the decisions that are made for where the brand goes are controlled by you know one group with, of course, MGM's uh, authorization, because. An MMO, like a massively multiplayer online game that the MMO was supposed to be—that's massive. I mean, just a massive, uh, like risk. I mean, the top the, the cost is high, and you know there's no chance of success. I mean, I mean there's no, no, and no chance. There's just no certainty of success, and. You know, they really need to, to start small, and if the Target's going to live on, they need, you know, smart people handling the brand and and controlling how it's used. Otherwise, the brand's just going to die. Um, and I just want to throw that out there, let y'all talk about it, and just keep going with
0: the podcast. I enjoy it. Hi. My name is Richard. I'm calling from Jacksonville, Florida. I have three quick points. Uh, first point. Um, Could the show sell itself to, let's say, Netflix or uh, Redbox and uh, start a new way of having shows, like have Netflix be the uh, exclusive provider of a show? Um, I think that would be a cool idea. Um, The uh as far as the conversation on the science of stargate um I like the whole ship a i concept um the The one thing that we could th- uh, that we need to think about is that there's actually seed ships out there also as maybe an a i um and the and the ships and the ship and the uh seed ships um could be working together. To create an intelligence that actually expands further than anything that the um people who stayed back um, had uh excuse me for the thoughts uh and you know uh any of the ancients. You know, the AIs could have gone further. Um, And the third uh, comment is Rush could have been just a, like, control study um, where Chloe was the first test, um, be it gone right or gone wrong, um, but they did not want to do anything to Rush, so that way they can keep testing him for uh, ways and learning from him without any alterations. Okay, those are my thoughts. Thank you,
2: Richard. You have some interesting uh, notions here. Thank you, Richard for is full of good sharing ideas sharing them. He is. He's a veritable fountain of good ideas.
1: Veritable. Um, okay, take these one at a time.
2: Uh, you know, I mean, the, the, this first one here sold to Netflix or Redbox. It certainly doesn't seem like that's the way that they're going. With this I mean, sure it, it'd be nice to say that you know Stargate will be brave and chart a brand new uh, strategy in terms of uh, in terms of of getting a television show out to the audience cutting edge you know this, yeah. is, this has never been done before in terms of, of marketing or, or release, and I, I don't see yeah. it happening.
1: I think you if know? anybody were to try to actually come up with a new way of distributing a TV show, they probably wouldn't take an expensive show that was just canceled to try and mm-hmm. do it. They'd no, you go with something with like a comedy chat. or... And maybe the Seed Ships and Destiny are out there, like, uh, creating some sort of a networked intelligence between them. Mm. What do you think? It's it certainly kind of it wouldn't cool uh, surprise
2: me if if the Seed Ships are to play a very specific role in the uh, in the ending of this show. If they're they're creating some, so. some kind of a net.
1: Yeah, I uh, hope um, that there's more to them than just plunking down gates so that we can go grab some resources on the way through.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I'd like to see just how many of them there are. You know, I mean, is, is there one? Is there a thousand?
1: Yeah, it would be interesting now that we found one of the seed ships uh, and it's sort of been taken off the board. Mm-hmm. It would be interesting if, if maybe the, the number of planets with stargates gets fewer and fewer up ahead.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, that may and, happen as we just proceed out into the universe anyway. You know, mm-hmm. the universe is getting younger and younger as we move along.
1: And could Rush have just been a control? For what they were doing to Chloe, and that's why he was not transformed, even though both of them were captured in season one's space
2: hmm I honestly don't know
1: seems logical i mean if they I mean, if it,
2: they are invested in the in the future of destiny and they tapped into his brain, which they they clearly did, um, they may recognize that he has the greatest understanding of uh, of destiny's mission and may not want to tamper with
1: him for that reason yeah, because they know he's super smart. What if this uh manifestations of gloria and franklin maybe we haven't considered the true source maybe it's the aliens maybe Maybe they're broadcasting to him maybe they have like a wireless link up with his brain or something or just just you know altered his brain like they altered chloe's body
2: or maybe that's actually them talking to
1: him that would be cool that would be a reversal yeah Yeah.
2: I think we should expect to see a couple of reversals this year, the second half of the season.
1: Hey, guys. My name
4: is Eric, and I'm calling from Ohio. I'm a huge fan of Stargate, and although I'm sad about the Stargate universe cancellation, my question isn't exactly related to that or any other recent news. While I was watching Stargate recently, I noticed that from the back, the gate seems to have a translucent puddle, while from the front it always seems to be solid. Was there ever an explanation given for this in the show? And if there was, where can I find that? Because I seem to have missed it.
2: Yeah, when you look at, at it through the front, it um, it doesn't. I can't recall any time where when looking through this, the event horizon on the front, you can, um, you can tell what's behind it. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, but I do remember a few visual effects. Uh, Eric's absolutely right. If you look through the puddle from the back of the gate, there's like you can see through it a little bit.
2: Mm-hmm. I think it's just one of those, I think it's a visual effects conceit.
1: Yeah, just sort of a style choice.
2: Yeah, they're they're allowing you to see see through it, to see the action on the other side. That's right from Children of the Gods.
1: Yeah, so no, the answer, I guess, is there's never been an explanation. Just like there's never been any sort of on-screen discussion of what happens if you walk into a Stargate backwards. uh, Yeah. not well, like not walking, walking backwards, backwards. <laughs> but go through the other side of
2: it, yeah. That's been one of my bigger of beefs for a long time. Just answer that in dialogue, you know? If Jack can stand around with Daniel and ask, what does Cree mean? Jack can ask Sam, <laughs> what happens if I go backwards? Or just marches mm-hmm. around the other side of the gate, climbs down the, the ladder, goes around and says, see you guys. I'll see you when you get there.
1: I think you just pop out the other side. Yeah,
2: not not being traveled.
1: Yeah, out like not going through the wormhole. Like but it spits you. Yeah, it, yeah. Yeah.
4: Hey, I'm Thomas from Melbourne, Australia. A while back, I had a thread on the GateWorld forum asking what people would like about a fourth series of Stargate. And one popular one was one based on when the Ancients and Asgard and Thirlings and that started the Alliance. I was thinking they could do a series or a mini-series like that and somehow... um, have the loose ends of Stargate Universe, Stargate Atlantis, and maybe SG-1 tie up in that. Like, I don't know how they'd do it, but maybe, like, time travel or something.
3: Hey, Darren and Dave, this is John from DC. I'm just calling to uh, chime in on one topic that I know was a a bit of a criticism or just a bit of confusion with uh, Stargate Universe, and that's when, you know, characters would state something... Uh, you know, is such and such years old or uh, was launched, you know, like Destiny was launched, you know, so many years uh, or whatever ago, and it was, you know, people thought it was an inconsistency and they weren't exact facts. And one thing I liked about Target Universe is, you know, to, to emphasize that the people are just, you know, normal people. They don't know the exact, you know, date or, or range that, you know, something mm-hmm. happened. They estimate they ballpark, they just, you know, you know, get, say something to get the point across that it's been, you know, a long time since, you know, uh, you know, Destiny were, was launched. I mean, they, I know at the least first season, they didn't have access to, I would imagine, a lot of information, so they would just, you know, in the course of dialogue, the human tendency to just say, you know, something without being exact about it. And, um, I think that's, you know, interesting because, you know, it it's less, you know, for them to be, for the fans to be nitpicky when, you know, characters are just talking as normal people would talk. And, you know, they're not experts on anything uh, as far as, you know, you know, that's all new to them. But uh, that's why I wanted to just chime in
4: and uh, love your podcast and I'll keep listening. Hello, this is Mark from Metro Detroit. And uh, first of all, I want to say that before I get into my theory, where I'm calling about this time is theory. I do want to say that I'm happy the show is coming back very soon. I was surprised when I heard on your website March 7th. That's fantastic, and I cannot wait to see your podcast. I'm hoping that March 14th, the to be announced, will be this uh, will be the uh, new episode. And uh, sad to hear that we're not getting a season three, but I'm still hoping for a movie. With that out of the way, here's my theory. You've talked several times about Chloe and why Chloe's transforming and Rush is not. Rush was there longer. Why wouldn't Rush be transforming? If this really is Chloe, one of the theory on that, and I honestly do believe that, is Chloe. She's really showing herself to be Chloe. If she was not Chloe then she probably would not be helping them in any situation if they're really their enemies. But I don't really think that the blue aliens are enemies in the way that you think they are, or at least most people do, but that's not this theory. Okay, now, this theory does actually have a lot of, um, what am I thinking, a lot of assumptions. The first assumption is that I would be guessing that Rush was tested for the Ancient Gene and probably doesn't have it because it was never mentioned. Like, nobody on that team probably has it. the person. I'm guessing they did have somebody in line that was going to go with them with the Ancient Gene, which is probably not there. Like, they were probably going to bring in more people, and these are probably, most of these people are not the people meant to go, so thus, none of these people probably have the Ancient Gene. But Chloe, on the other hand, I'm guessing Chloe, Eli, and several other people on that team were never tested because they're not military personnel. They haven't been there long. They probably were never tested. And Chloe probably does have the ancient gene and whatever they did to her probably reacts to that gene and affects that and affects the way it's affecting because of the gene. Now, this is a theory. This is, this is, this is, uh, obviously I have very little evidence to go on this, but it's just a little theory. And, uh, can't wait for your uh, can't wait for upcoming episodes and I will definitely keep watching the uh keep listening to this podcast.
1: Mark has an interesting theory about Chloe. Now David remind us what uh he's responding to. Your theory was that Chloe is maybe a fakeo?
2: Yeah, Chloe is not our Chloe. Uh, my my wild and crazy theory is that uh the Chloe that came back is not ours. They switched her. They they manufactured a new Chloe really quickly and um and tra- and the Chloe who Rush saved is the Chloe who Rush was supposed to save all along, mm. and the real Chloe is trailing behind us on the ship, and I think he's responding to that in this in this uh, statement here. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe maybe the Chloe maybe maybe the blue the blue guys are good guys, and maybe the Chloe that's uh, out there did not have the mental capacity to achieve what she needed to achieve as their uh, envoy. Uh, maybe
1: she'll come back after having spent a year with them, and we'll be able to. Sort of be an emissary between yeah. the two peoples.
2: Yeah. I always think about Bashir, who is traded by the Dominion uh, with a with a changeling spy,
1: mm. um,
2: and Martok. So uh,
1: she is helping the crew. Uh, she does something at the end of this last episode, Deliverance, that we think is is helping save the ship from uh, from the drone attack. Uh, but we'll see tonight,
2: which only makes the blue aliens more, I mean, more good than before.
1: Yeah, no, well, at least, at least they want to they save it. They want to the keep show. it
2: alive, yeah.
1: Yeah. This idea, though, that um, uh, the ancient gene thing, a lot of these characters probably were never tested for the ancient gene. You know, Eli was sort of grabbed at the last point. Right, moment.
2: they weren't planning on going through, yeah.
1: Really interesting idea, maybe, that maybe the aliens didn't even transform her deliberately. Maybe they were just sort of poking around in her genome mm. and triggered something because she has the ancient gene. I don't know if I buy it, but it's interesting. Tis. Thanks, everybody, for all the voicemail this week. Uh, We want to get some some of your thoughts on Deliverance, uh, which is airing once again tonight, March 7th, on Sci-Fi Channel. Uh, It's episode number 11 of season 2. So watch the episode. Uh, Watch it, if you're in Canada, watch it on Space on Tuesday night, and then give us a call on the podcast hotline and give us your, your just sort of immediate gut reaction to this episode. That would be great. Please, we'd love to have you on.
2: And that number? That number is area code 951-262-1647. You can leave a voicemail day or night. It will not wake anyone up.
1: Call anytime and if you want to be sure to get your thoughts on next week's show, there's a few guidelines. Try and call by the end of day on Friday if you can. Because uh, I'll go into the voicemail box and see what we have on Saturday before we record. Also, try and keep it short and pithy. Uh, a minute, Please. minute and a half is ideal. If it gets much longer than two minutes, I'm really sorry for those of you who have had your stuff edited. But we've had some that have, have run on for several minutes and we just have to sort of uh, cut them up a little bit. If uh, you have
2: a lot of thoughts, get a get a little piece of note, note paper out and, and write bullets and then you know, reel them off. Uh, because I mean, three, four minutes—we just, we just can't. There's, there's not enough time to play the whole thing. It will, yeah. it will get trimmed.
1: So uh, that'll be podcast one eighteen, Deliverance. And once again, we're gonna do our darndest to flip these around uh, over the weekend. Uh, we're really cracking the whip on Russell, our fantastic editor, to get these done so that we can publish them just in the nick of time, hopefully, for you to listen to them on Monday, uh, before the new episode airs that Monday night. So watch Deliverance this Monday, and then listen to our podcast about Deliverance next Monday on March 14th. On March 21st, we're going to be talking about Twin Destinies, which is episode 12. And then episode 13 of SGU is called Alliances, and that'll be our discussion topic for March 28th.
2: Sounds like a cool one. They all sound cool.
1: I'm excited. Twin Destinies. I'm excited about that. Mm -hmm. That's sort of Mm -hmm. a, sounds like a classic sci-fi.
2: A deadlock kind of episode. We'll see.
1: Thanks everybody for tuning in. Thanks once again to Russell for editing the show this week. And if you are in the United States, don't miss the premiere of Stargate Universe at 10 p.m. Monday nights on Sci-Fi Channel.
2: You can call us on the hotline at area code 951 262 1647. You can also email Darren a a brief audio recording, MP3 or WAV file to webmaster at gateworld.net. Be sure to visit us uh, in the podcast feedback thread in GateWorld Forum in the GateWorld features section and and see what uh, your other fellow listeners and see what your fellow listeners are talking about uh, on the show. And uh, we, of course, as always, Darren prepares the uh, show notes, which are available in the uh, news feed uh, every time notes. we launch a new uh, a new podcast episode. Each and every
1: week, there are. Each show and notes. Every
2: week, so if we uh, reference the proper hilarious. nouns or websites, they are glorious, and they are available in um, that that link section. So they're available as a resource to you.
1: And uh, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, of course, you can subscribe with your favorite podcast catcher or you can head over to iTunes and look up the GateWorld podcast on the iTunes store. Yep. From GateWorld, this is Darren. This is David. And come back next week. We're ready to start talking about Stargate Universe Season 2.5 on the GateWorld podcast.